The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Lord, we're praying for this city. Looking down from the hill. Praying for revival here. Oh, let our hearts be filled. For the people of this city, Lord. United we will stand. By your loving grace and mercy. Holy Spirit, fill this land. Let revival come. Let revival come. Let revival come. Let revival come to this city. To Summer turns to winter Every season brings a change So we lay our lives before you Just waiting for that day Love deeper than the ocean Wider revival song of heaven in the name of Jesus Christ let revival come let revival come let revival come to this city
Lord, let revival come. Lord, I just come before you today and plead for our nation's capital and believe with all of my heart that you are going to send full revival to this city and that many will come to you and be changed and healed and transformed. Lord, I stand by faith. I praise and worship you, Jesus. You are the mighty one of Israel, and as we face a new year, oh Lord, I know it will be a year of great victory. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. As we, pro- as we approach this new year, I pray that your heart is filled and overflowing with the love and goodness and mercy of our Lord Jesus. This morning, I awakened about 4 a.m., And my heart was very troubled. My heart was troubled because I knew financially that Pilgrim's Progress broadcast was still $1,132 short of being able to cover the month of December. Now, I don't know if you appreciate or not my simply giving you the exact amount we're short, but That's what the Lord has told me to do, and so I do it all the time. I give you the exact amount, and then I wait for you to call, and I'll give you that phone number, 877-534-0780, and share the pledge that Jesus has asked you to make as you help walk with me by faith in this ministry. Now, I awakened at four, and I began to pray. And finally, after about an hour and a half of intense prayer time, faith filled my heart. It was as though a a revelation of God was given. And that was that, Ray, get out of the way and let me do it. This is my work not yours. So stand back and watch. And and I began to rejoice and shout and praise his name because that faith of his had risen in my heart and I knew what he was saying. He was saying, this is my responsibility. Watch while I fulfill it. And so I've come today to watch and wait and trust him. And I've also decided I'm not going to spend much time talking about it. I'm going to just trust the Lord with it and know that you'll call if the Holy Spirit moves in your heart. What I really want to do is talk about the Argentine revival because I know God is coming in mighty power by his spirit, by the spirit of Jesus to this city of Washington, D.C., Now, it's not all easy. There is a lot of work in the prayer closet to be done. 
I can't do it all. And that's why last week I asked you, would you please join me? I was so tired, all I could do was yawn through the broadcast. I was exhausted from praying and crying out to God. I rested well last night and then had that wonderful time of prayer this morning and his answer came. In Argentina, in Nicochea, there was a great victory. God broke out and won many hearts. And then the pastor decided to go to Liberia, Argentina, and there again God gave a great victory after much prayer and intercession. And then he had to go back because he was pastoring Nicochea. Uh, We're talking about R. Edward Miller, this wonderful man of God who wrote the book, The Flaming Flame, the story of the Argentine revival. I'm going to share more of that revival story with you today, knowing that even as I am doing this, the Holy Spirit is moving in you to give. Again, that number is 877-534-0780, and we are $1,132 short of being able to cover the December radio bill for WAVA. Everything you send will go directly to pay that that radio bill at WAVA. And I think many of you have given, many of you have given, and one dear brother sent one dollar with a note to me. Another brother sent two hundred dollars. It all adds up. It's almost $4,000 again this month. So I'm standing by faith that this will be finished today. So by faith, I'm going to share with you revival stories. After two years, a pastor who was working also at the Nicochea Church came under a great burden to Liberia for the people of Liberia who had turned, but now had turned away from the gospel. For three months, he walked the streets Monday and Saturday, praying and visiting, but there was no response. Apparently, he accomplished nothing for no doors opened before him. Had the victory won two years before been altogether in vain, had the spiritist forces recovered after the routing and returned to occupy the land, would the battle of faith and prayer have to be fought all over again? At times discouraged, almost persuaded to abandon Liberia, but he knew that the Lord had given him a burden for that town, and he must not be swift to relinquish it. Yet could he afford to spend so much time on a seemingly unproductive effort when there was so much work to be done in Nicochea? The fortresses of Liberia stood immovable. Now, 
just stop a moment. I've been ministering in the city of Washington, D.C. now for almost 50 years. In fact, it is 50 years this year, in August of this year. I feel this way. So many times I've wanted to just pack up and go to another territory, another area, and say, I can't break through in Washington. I can't, but the Holy Spirit can't. And I'm standing by faith for that. Now listen, as this pastor was walking up and down the streets one Monday morning, praying, seeking the Lord, faith suddenly came into his heart. A living faith that God would do something. He jumped up and down. He praised the Lord in a loud voice right there in the street. That was me this morning about 5.30 unconcerned as to who might be listening or what they might think. Now he knew without a doubt that God had heard his prayers and the devil's chains had been broken. Victory would come again to Liberia. Then one day, shortly afterward, a couple who lived in a little hamlet several miles from town offered him the use of their small, unpretentious home in the country for Saturday gospel services. The wife had been healed in Nicochea. It was several years before, and in gratitude for what God had done, she and her husband offered their small home. The door to impenetrable Liberia had been opened again just a crack. Pastor Leo didn't anticipate too much success, because of its distance from town. Transportation was a problem because few people owned cars. Let me see if I can find... There we go. I'm working with the Kindle today. Taxis were expensive, yet not desiring to offend the couple, the pastor accepted their offer planning to hold but two or three Saturday services while he continued to search in Liberia for a larger, more centrally located hall in town. But God had other plans. One Saturday afternoon in January of 1957, the first healing evangelistic service was held on the outskirts of Liberia. The small congregation was composed of the rancher and his wife, their children, and a couple of neighbors, one of whom was a Spanish lady who had suffered for 40 years from deafness caused by eczema. After prayer for the Spanish neighbor, the service ended. The next Saturday afternoon, the congregation was a little larger. Pardon me, 15 in all. With difficulty, the pastor managed to keep the Spanish lady quiet. She had completely, God had completely healed her. And she was jubilant, insisted on consuming the lion's share of the meeting, giving her wonderful testimony. An influential businessman came to the services to request prayer for his incurable case of eczema. So great was the pain and discomfort that he had contemplated suicide as the only way of relief. 
The eczema had cut deep gashes in his dry skin, and when he stood up, the liquid formed by the eczema ran down his arms and legs. Doctors couldn't seem to discover what caused it. After God had graciously healed him in answer to prayer, he went all over town boasting, I surely put it over on those evangelicals. They thought I was going to follow their God when he healed me, but I have no intention of following him. I just wanted to get healed. You got healed, queried the town people. Where? Little did they care whether the businessman returned to the services or not. Their only concern was to find out as quickly as possible where the healings were taking place so they could go and receive healing for themselves. The businessman's negative testimony served as excellent advertising. Many who came as a direct result of his put one over on the evangelical's testimony were, her, were healed and rem, remained on as faithful believers. Each Saturday afternoon, the attendance continued to increase until the small room was full. Leo had no time to seek a larger hall because he was too busy ministering the word and praying for the sick. Soon there were nearly fifty coming to the services, and they no longer fit into the small inside hall. They now overflowed into the outside patio where a burlap canopy had been strung up for shade and shelter. Now it's interesting to note that in spite of the fact that these services were held in an agricultural zone where there is abundant rain, it never rained on those gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Even though it may have rained before or after the service, it never rained during the hours of the services. Before long, there were around 500 people overflowing out into the streets and fields surrounding that little house. People came walking and on horseback. They came in cars and trucks and taxis. They came in buggies, jalopies, buckboards, wagons. One family even came in a cub plane, which landed in a nearby grain field. Because of the outstanding healings and the miracles, people began to come by busloads from other towns as well. Soon the crowds numbered over 1,500, attested to by the records kept of the prayer cards that were issued. Although most Almost everyone came seeking healing. God's desire was to bring them into full salvation. Man would have chosen a limited, walled-in space of a hall in town. Chose the, God chose the limitless, unwalled spaces of his great out-of-doors. After the third Sunday service, the pastor was called to the hospital to pray for a young lad who was unconscious due to severe, a severe fall from a horse. All medical efforts to awaken him had been in vain. So after 21 days of treatment, the doctor suggested an emergency trip to Buenos Aires by ambulance for delicate brain surgery. When the parents heard that God was healing others in the small hamlet outside, they called the pastor to the hospital to pray. His parents anxiously asked, 
Do you really believe that God will heal our boy? Pastor Leo quickly answered, Yes, I certainly do. He then prayed. When he returned the following Saturday, he found the boy conscious but still paralyzed and blind. So he prayed for him again. By the next weekend, the boy's eyesight was returning and he was watching as people moved about the room. Again, prayer was made to God for his complete deliverance, and by the next Saturday, the boy was showing disgust and displeasure at not being able to speak yet. The doctor told them the expression of emotions was a sign that his mind was being restored, although his body was still immobilized. The child was allowed to return home. When prayer was again made the following Saturday... He was able to use his hands to feed himself. Later he stood up and he began to take a few steps, learning all over again to walk. Each time the boy showed improvement, his doctor said, Yes, he's well up to this point, but his progress won't continue on any further. But in spite of his conclusions, God went right on healing the lad. The only thing left for God to do is to return his speech, commented his family. When the pastor returned to Liberia the next week, the boy's sister, wreathed in smiles, was waiting for him at the bus station. Excitedly, she explained, My brother can talk. It was true. Over a period of six weeks, God had completely healed the boy from a coma, paralysis, deafness, dumbness, and blindness a complete and total restoration. His last accomplishment, <laughs> the, abil the ability to whistle. Many people came daily to visit the boy's father to ask him about the healing. He answered, I don't understand it. All I know is that my son was hopelessly ill and the doctors couldn't help him. Every week the pastor came and prayed, and every week my boy improved, and now he is completely well. Because of this boy's testimony, many came to the once-a-week campaign. A cattleman who suffered with an atrophied right arm for eight years requested prayer. He returned the next week completely well and testified that with that arm that had once been withered and useless. He'd been digging holes for fences, driving his car, and roping cattle. Now, during one service, an ardent opponent made a denunciation to the police. Interrupting the service, the law came charging in to arrest the minister and to take him to headquarters for questioning. Officers ruthlessly snatched biblical texts and mottos from the walls and threw them to the floor. To the officer's question, Just what have you been doing? The minister simply stated that he was preaching the gospel and praying for the sick. Just as the Catholic priest administered the emblems for the sick and dying that they might recover, so do I pray for the sick and dying that they might recover. When asked if anyone in town had been helped by his prayers, he commented politely, Please ask them. With that, he was promptly released. 
for the entire town was aware of the mighty works which had been done as a result of the meetings. To conclude the matter, the police promised not to interrupt the church services again and apologized for tearing down all the texts. This is an offertory day. And if the Lord is moving in your heart, would you respond? We are $1,132 short, and no one is called yet. So I'm waiting for you. I'm standing by faith that the word of the Lord to me was that he would do it. I'm trusting him to move in your heart. $1,132 is what we're short for the month of December. If you would call 877-534-0780. 877-534-0780. I know the Lord is moving in your hearts because he told me he would. So I'm... I'm of great faith and great courage. I know that some of you could give a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Some of you could give the entire amount, $1,132. I'm just waiting to see who the Lord wants to use. And thank you. I pray that this message today is encouraging to your heart. God will bring revival to Washington, D.C. I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. I've stood for year after year in what seemed like a wasteland for the gospel. And every time I wanted to leave, the Lord said, No, you stay. I will do more, he said, in a day than you could do in your whole lifetime. I know that's true. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So would you respond quickly to the call of the Holy Spirit so that we can celebrate together what Jesus has done? 877 or you can go online, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you can give online. And God bless you as you give. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I'm sharing with you the story written by Dr. R. Edward Miller, The Flaming Fire, the revival in Argentina. Dr. Miller was the one God used to begin that fire by the Holy Spirit. I continue reading. One Saturday afternoon, a crippled woman who could only walk with the aid of crutches was instantly healed. And after the service, she proudly walked the several miles back into town, carrying her crutches over her shoulder, followed by a rejoicing crowd which formed a parade around her. Naively, people would ask, even if I don't need healing, may I come to hear the word of God anyway? <laughs> it was just what the pastor wanted and what the Lord intended. 
Those who had attended the first campaign in the theater several years before commented, What a shame that we didn't continue on then. How much further along we would be now. Spiritists withdrew from their churches in large numbers. The Catholics found it difficult to even gather enough people for a Sunday Mass. The local priest even made discreet overtures to visit the Protestant pastor to see what it was that gave him so much power. The once-a-week, every-Saturday evangelistic campaign continued in that little hamlet for many months. In May of 1958, the congregation purchased a lot near the main highway in Liberia and began to build their own church. In five months, it was completed. Funds to build the parsonage and the church supported the national pastor and his family, and also to help fledgling evangelists were all provided by the new Liberian believers. They even sent groceries at different times to the Infant Bible Institute in Mardapla. New congregations formed in San Manuel and other nearby towns as a direct result of the meetings. Later, these new congregations also built their own churches and parsonages. In Liberia, God tore down a powerful spiritist stronghold stone by stone. And despite our former fears, we discovered with relief that the work the Lord had done in the large center two years earlier had not been in vain. He proved himself well able to keep those that had been committed to his care. No one could snatch them out of his hand. The eternal God, who is building his sanctuary of living stones, gathered out of all nations, tribes, and peoples, Desire to cut some stones from the quarry in Liberia. Deafening demonism. The triumphant one toppled a massive fortress to take of its stones to build another wall, a wall of his living church, the church against which the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I know the Lord is going to bring that same revival power to Washington, D.C. Faith has risen in my heart again. I trust what he's doing. It's his business. And today I'm waiting for your phone calls. No one has called yet. I'm not discouraged. I know it's a Monday if God's moving in your heart, would you call right now? 877-534-0780. We don't need your name, your address, your phone number. Simply call in and tell Brother Drew how much you'd like to pledge, and it's between you and Jesus. I don't keep track of names and addresses except as I can to send a thank you note, but no fundraiser. Would you call right now, 877-534-0780? Or if by God's grace you'd like to give online, would you do that right now? 
you can do that by simply going to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. And there you can give online. Now I want to continue this story. In front of the rustic makeshift table pulpit on a dirty mattress. See, I think I got a call. My. A dear pastor just paid the entire amount of $1,132. Dear Reverend, thank you. I know God sees and God knows. And I love your heart. Thank you. Now, Drew, Mr. Producer, we have a song that we play when the victory comes. Yet the terror of those moments 
began to fade away As my heart recalled God's mercies are all new every day And my spirit took its armor as my lips took up the sword Light broke through the darkness A mighty salvation from our Jesus has given us the victory today. Two of you have called in with an offering. The goal is met. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus is so faithful. He moved in your hearts to give today. And I am humbled again before him. Part of my 4 a.m. struggle this morning in the prayer closet was asking the Lord, what do I do? How do I resolve this? How do I resolve the issues with the ministry? What's the next step? He simply said, wait on me. I'll carry you through. Rest in me, Ray. What joy it is to rest in the Lord and walk by faith, to trust that he knows what he's doing and he will bring it to pass in his own glorious power that there would be no one who could claim the credit. It is Jesus. 
Now I'm going to share just a bit more. And then I'm going to take a few minutes at the end of our time together to pray for your healing. And when I pray for you today, I'm going to ask that you stretch your hand out toward whatever it is you're listening through, or lay your hand on whatever it is you're listening this message through, and agree with me in prayer for your healing. And agree with me in prayer for the restoration of your spirit and life in Jesus. If you've backslidden, now will be the time, and I'll pray with you in just a moment. I'm going to read about Chaco, Argentina. In front of the rustic makeshift table pulpit, on a dirty mattress lay an emaciated, bedfast youth dying of tuberculosis, a horrible spectacle of skin stretched over bones. He was too weak to sit up. He couldn't even turn himself on the dirty mattress. He couldn't even expel the, the putrefaction he coughed up. An elderly Indian woman, his mother, squatted by his side, patiently ministering to him after each racking cough would dislodge mucus from his lungs and blood. Having tottered dangerously on the brink of Death's Valley for days, he presented a woesome picture of total despair. In a semicircle around the lad crowded many more Indians, Indians who had traveled long distances on the lonely, dusty, hot Chaco desert to attend the, the May holiday conference. The year was 1956. When missionary Clifford Long opened his Bible to read from Isaiah 53 in Spanish, a slight ripple of response came from the Indians. So he read the same passage again. Certainly he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, and with his wounds we are healed. A bit louder sounded the amens. Repeating the same scriptures triggered a yet louder response, Amen! Alleluia! How strange, thought the missionary, this response from Indians who have always been so silent, so stoic, and so unresponsive. He decided to continue reading again the same passage. Certainly he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. And each time the response from the Indians became louder and more expressive. As he read the scripture for the seventh time, he was suddenly interrupted by the Indians, all shouting and screaming at once, God's healed my hernia. My rheumatism is gone. My gorder has disappeared. I can see, I can see, shouted another. A youth jubilantly exclaimed, I'm not deaf anymore. I can hear. One woman looked amazingly at her hands and arms and shouted, My eczema is gone. It's gone. The young, dying, tubercular lad who had lain helpless on that filthy mattress, 
bolted upright like a rocket when suddenly the volatile fuel is ignited and he ran around with upraised hands calling out i'm healed i'm healed i'm healed god had breathed life into the body of this dying lad he had tottered helplessly on the brink of the valley of death had been instantaneously quickened by the power of Christ's resurrection. During the simple reading of Scripture, the Spirit of the Lord, as a mighty wind, had swept upon the ignorant, superstitious, oft-times illiterate Indians of the Chaco Desert. The Lord had sent His word, and He'd healed the people. What rejoicing when the Indians examined themselves and discovered the perfection of the healing. No one seemed to have been passed by of the 64 Indians who had come to the meeting. All 64 had been healed. The Son of Righteousness had arisen with healing in his wings. The brilliant light of the glory of the Lord was covering the dusky skins of the earth that dwelt in the faraway desolate stretches of the vast Chaco Desert. What an awesome work of God. I want to read it for you. Isaiah. Let me look it up quickly. Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. Listen, pray. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. But surely he has borne our sickness and he has carried our pain yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. 
and when we see him there's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our sickness and carried our pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Almighty God, I stretch out my hand toward my brothers and sisters right now, and I ask that this word from Isaiah 53 be fulfilled right now in their body. I speak to that sickness, and I say, Go now in the name of Jesus. You have no part with this dear brother or this dear sister, this child. Be gone, sickness, in the name of Jesus. I proclaim the healing of Jesus Christ by his stripes. You are healed. And Lord, I thank you. I praise and worship you. And Lord, those who are discouraged and downcast, I speak life to you. I speak wholeness to you. I speak hope to you. Be gone, depression. Be gone, despair. Let the hope of Jesus come now to each brother and sister. Lord, if any are considering suicide, I rebuke that spirit of suicide in the name of Jesus. Let new hope flow into their heart. Let faith arise that you are who you say you are, Jesus. I praise your name. And to the backslidden, to those who are lukewarm, to those who are who are dead in their transgressions and sins. Lord, I speak new life in your spirit to them. I speak conviction of sin and forgiveness of sin and removal of sin that you would now fill them with your joy and your life. Lord, I thank you. I praise you for this broadcast today. I praise you for that early morning time when you came and put new faith in my heart for the work of the gospel in this city that you will bring revival to Washington, D.C. Lord, I thank you and I praise you and I honor your name. Glory, glory, glory to you, Jesus. Mighty is your name. Thank you, Lord. For you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm going to continue praying for you today. I stand by faith that he's heard us. I urge you to read Isaiah 53, the whole chapter, and stand by faith that Jesus is enough. If you'd like to write to me, you're welcome to. I love hearing you. I love even getting notes as I did this last week on little scraps of paper. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, 
Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. The National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Oh, my brother, my sister. A new year is coming in Jesus. And we're not going to enter this new year with fear and doubt and shame. We enter by the glorious blood of Jesus Christ with hearts full of hope, eager for the mighty power of revival for this city in the year 2020. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of His glory